0: you. Welcome to adult Bible class today, and a bit of a different day. Normally we have four of our adult Bible classes and we're spread around, but today we're doing a combined one uh, just because everyone else is busy outside just trying to get set up for ministry market. And so today we're having a combined class. Um, if you have children in uh, primary school age, there is a combined Sunday school as well, and they're out uh, with with Caleb Bunch, I think having a great time out there. He mentioned they're going to be speaking. He's going to be speaking on God's provision and snacks. So, if some some of you might change your mind and head out there, there instead. But uh, glad that you can uh, you can be here. Thank you for coming. If uh, again, this is a bit of a different way we're doing Sunday school today. But thanks for coming and being part of the nine o'clock hour. Let's turn our Bibles to Psalm 127 this morning, and then also if you pick up First Corinthians chapter 16. And we'll read a couple of verses here. We'll pray. We'll get into it. And uh, normally, normally, again, um, I'm not in the habit of speaking at the nine o'clock hour. So if I stumble a little bit, it's usually because I'm in my office warming up. All right. So, uh, but glad again for the privilege to open God's Word. Psalm 127. We're going to read a couple of verses here, verses one to five. Except the Lord build the house, they labour in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. And notice verses 3 to 5. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak. With the enemies in the gate, and an interesting passage of scripture there. And often we, we uh, use these verses. I've heard these verses preached regarding children, and that's really going to be the the thought this morning. You know, if you've walked through our property already, you've seen that there's um, a couple of stalls for ministry markets set up, and there's different and varying uh, ministries that you can sign up for today. That's that's really going to be the 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 main drive of today is to to challenge us as a, as the church to be committed to taking part in in ministry and, and yet what we understand is that there's a there's a need for us to to set a course for service for our families and uh, I look around and and no doubt many of you have raised your children and some of you you're still raising your children they're still at home like myself I've got three young children and I just know this that that growing up and um, and being part of a family that, uh, that served the Lord with my parents, were faithful in church, meant a great deal to me and really set me up for a course of service for my life for, for the Lord. And I think we would all agree this morning that serving God is a good thing, right? It's, it's something that ought to be inherent in us as God's people is that we want to serve in some capacity, we want to serve in a way that would honor the Lord, and we want to get involved and and be committed to that. And yet, one of the things that I'm noticing uh, over the course of my time serving in in uh, in church ministry and so forth is is at times, um, at times in in many churches, a, a lack of of families serving or, or young children to teenagers being part of the service of the Lord. And yet, one of the imperatives for us as God's people is that we're supposed to pass things on. There's, there's got to be an active passing on. And, and But that's what it is. It's got to be intentional, active, purposeful. And we notice here a couple of, really a couple of illustrations that God gives in regard to that. He starts off with the, the whole thought of building a house and then also protecting a house. And we understand that right from the outset, to build a house, you need to follow some sort of blueprint, you need to follow some sort of pattern, and you don't just turn up to a build site and then randomly go, well, let's build a wall here, and let's put a wall over there, and no, there's none of that. There's, a, there's an intentional following after a pattern. You're setting a course of which you need to complete. You understand that, that to protect a home and to ensure that things are protected, there's a purposeful uh, there's a purposeful um, way to do that. You you do it with intentionality. You uh, you go about and you know, you, you, you regard to just the physical part of a of a household, you make sure that you have a maintenance plan. And there's certain things that you do over the course of time um, that are scheduled. If you don't do that, things overgrow, things fall apart, and before you know it, that that beautiful new house that you had built with uh, from that blueprint becomes comes apart and, and turns into disarray. Why? Because you don't have a, a, a mindset of intentional, purposeful. And then he goes on, and, and we know these uh, this uh, this illustration in verses 4 and 5, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. And there's a picture there again, um, you you understand I think the picture of of the bow and arrow. And we all pr- probably grew up and heard about Robin Hood and, and so forth, and the accuracy that he has with that um, also even you know maybe watching the olympics if you're up late at night and there's nothing else on tv you watch the the um archery right and you watch that and the skill that it takes but the, the point is you're you have an aim yeah you, you have a goal you have something that you're aiming for um you know i was my my dad and other men growing up often told me if you aim at nothing. You'll always hit your mark. We're supposed to aim at something. And, you know, sometimes in, in life, it, life gets busy. Life gets sort of um, in the way. And at times we can we can forget about that that purposefulness that we're supposed to have, that intentionality that we're meant to have in regard to serving God. It just doesn't happen by accident. Just like someone hitting the mark with the bow and arrow, just like someone who's going to build the house... We understand that there's a certain pattern and a certain course that we're supposed to take if we're going we're gonna to finish with the, with the right thing or, or hit the mark like we should. And so I want to encourage our, our church family this morning during Sunday school about a couple of things. And again, if, if I can share a little bit of my testimony this morning, you know I think very much the reason why I'm serving the Lord in this capacity is because my, my parents were just intentional and purposeful about serving God. They, they just understood it wasn't just something that they that they, um, they they spoke about. it was something that they spoke about, that then they passed on to us and then they patterned for us with their lives. And it was something that that it was no question what we were going to do that week and we were going to serve God in some capacity. And you know for many years, as I've mentioned previously, my dad was the only deacon of the church and so every Saturday we would be out, in the morning out soul winning and then in the afternoon we would come back to the church and we would clean the church and make sure it was ready for for Sunday and then we would be there, one of the first there, Sunday morning to make sure the property was again in order and things were in place and that was just a pattern that we had for our lives and, and you know what, um, there were times where I was, in my attitude, I was a little uh, frustrated about that as a young person, just to be honest with you. But you know, the consistency that my parents had, the, the, the heart that they showed, the sincerity that they had about serving God, it, it, it rubbed off on my sisters and I. And we got to the point where it just became a normal part of life. And then, because of, because of God working in us, it became a reality in our own lives. So that when we had the choice to make, we made the same choice as they did. There's an inten- intentionality. It was purposeful what what um, what they did, and I think that's the that's really the the pattern that the Bible would have for us. If if you go to First Corinthians chapter sixteen, now we're gonna now look at a, a family that's an example of this in the Bible. So if, if you have your Bibles, First Corinthians chapter sixteen, and notice verses fifteen, we'll read down to verse eighteen. So he's he's making his concluding. Uh, remarks here in this letter, and he's going to, as as Paul often did, address certain people in the church uh, regarding certain things. And he does this again in verse fifteen. I beseech you, brethren. Notice this in this parenthetical statement that that uh, Paul makes. You know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that notices they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That ye submit yourselves unto such, and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and uh, Fortunatus and Achaicus, for that which was lacking on your part they have supplied. And notice this, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. And he's, he's, he's referring to a household here. It was the house of Stephanus, and, and if you understand the the economy of the the first century church, you know often as 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 the gospel spread into certain areas, different households were one to Christ, and within those households were were churches built, and he's referring specifically here to a family that uh, the, that God in his um, uh, God in his wisdom and God in his sovereignty had um, had seen fit to be used to be a uh, uh, an influential uh, influential household in that area of Achaia. Notice there that they were the house of Stephanus, that is the first fruits of Achaia. They were one to Christ, but then they didn't stop there. Here's the description. They have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Notice that word addicted. Now, we, we don't often use that word addicted in a positive sense today, do we? We usually look at addicted and we think, you know, a vice or something. But but this word addicted here is used really to show a level of commitment that the house of Stephanus had to the work of the ministry. We often, again, use the word addicted or addiction in a negative sense, but in this sense, it really is an apt description of what we want to aim for in our households. Okay, Being addicted simply means to be devoted to, to a customary practice. That's what the word addicted in your Bible means right there. Okay? It, it's, it's to be devoted to a customary practice. Okay? In other words, addicted is simply it's simply this, a consistent practice or a consistent commitment to do something over and over again. They were just in it. It means being enthusiastically devoted to a particular thing or activity. And so in this sense, as Paul observes this household of Stephanus, he saw a family who really had set a course for service. They, they were just in it, in, in, in all of their devotion, just going and consistently doing this customary practice of ministering to the saints. Of ministering as, as a household that were saved, a household who were following after Christ but they were doing that the outflow of that was a was a a, a family who was serving together okay they had committed to themselves to do the work of God they had taken aim at being a household that was serving God together in a consistent and committed manner and again God has a, a pattern of service that that ought to be that ought to be um, emphasized this morning you, understand that even the Lord Jesus himself in his life, it was said about him that he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. You know, I think sometimes the mindset that we have as Christians is that we come to church to be ministered unto, and that's true. The Word of God ought to minister to us. We ought to have an open heart this morning, and as we get into the main service in a little while, there ought to be a mindset in our hearts that that, hey, I'm here to be ministered unto with the Word of God. We ought to have an openness about that, right, church? But there ought to be a corresponding heart then, not to be ministered unto, but to minister. That we come with a mindset that we're here not just to receive, but to give. We're here not just to be ministered to, but to minister unto others. And we ought to have a mindset that we're here for service, See, even the Lord Jesus himself, in his mindset to come here on earth, it was to serve others. I, I'm just recalling the, the time when he sat down with the disciples just before he was betrayed. And right there, when, when all things the Bible says had, had, well, he had all power in his hand, what did he do? He bent down, had a basin of water and a towel, and he washed the disciples' feet. Now talk about menial tasks. I'm not sure about you, but I don't like feet. Anyone here? Feet? Feet are stinky. Right? Imagine someone without, like, they weren't wearing (laughs) enclosed shoes like we do. They would walk around in leather sandals and imagine the dirt, and they didn't have plumbing in the day. I'm just trying to give you a picture here. There was filth. And yet the Lord Jesus, the God of the universe, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our Savior... When all things came into His hand, He chose to be a servant. And he chose to be serving. He chose to be one who was not to be ministered unto, but to minister. He, he said in John 4.34, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me and to finish His work. And, and part of that was to exemplify for us just that heart of service for, for the things of God. And so the pattern that Jesus set for us, was one of service to others, and, and that was part of completing the Father's will for His life. You know, as Christians, we, we often quote the verses in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But you know, there's a verse 10. It gives you the reason why we've been saved. In Ephesians two, ten, the Bible says this, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Listen, the reason you're saved, if you're saved here this morning, is not just to know God. It's, there's an outflow of that. You're saved unto good works. There, there's something in you that ought to, ought to witness in your heart that you've got to serve, that you ought to produce good works. In Romans 12.1, he says that we ought to give ourselves a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. So that mindset, it's inherent in Christianity that we're meant to be part of something bigger in service to others and for the Lord. And what I'm saying is we we need to have a mindset then that will pass that on, a mindset that is intentional, purposeful. And I wonder maybe this morning if you're thinking, well, how do I start? You know, sure, I've got children now, or sure, I've got some, I've got, influence over and I'm trying to help. How do I help them then if I'm going to see a life of service in them? And I want you to note a couple of things as we look at our scriptures this morning, 1 Corinthians 16. And notice again, verse 15, he's he's, he's instructing the people there and, and he's going to use a specific example. He says, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Ica. And, and I want you to note, they were first fruits, which meant that At some point, there was a beginning. Okay, at some point, there was a beginning. And and the household of Stephanus was a result, really, of Paul taking an opportunity to serve God himself, to go in his missionary endeavors, to go and have a heart to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of his heart for that, in service to the Lord and others, the house of Stephanus was saved. The household of Stephanus was really a, a result of Paul serving God. And then the household of Stephanus wasn't always involved, but you know, eventually they did. There was a beginning, is my point. They were the first fruits. And and, and there was an opportunity for them at some point where they had gotten saved and then they had realized there was a need. There was a beginning. And, And perhaps just to begin with, you would have a beginning. Maybe you've never served God, or you've never really thought about it. And whilst we were reading Scripture this morning, the Spirit of God illuminated your heart to the fact that you ought to. Then I want to just encourage you: if you're going to you're going to set a course for service for your family, make a start. Just take the opportunity. You know what, what's going to happen today is: is after the main service, we're going to head out, and there's going to be several. We've already handed out. We've seen the videos. We've seen the descriptions of. The different ministries and and I hope that you've been praying I hope that you've been just asking the Lord where do I start and I want to I want to employ you this morning if we're going to set a course for service just take the opportunity just go out and ever have, have an open heart to say Lord where do I fit how, how do I belong and, and you know opportunities are often what starts our journey when we see that there's opportunities when we see that there's there's gaps somewhere that we can fill then hopefully we have the mindset that we would just take that opportunity. You know, sometimes opportunities are given, but I want to say often they're made. And and often we just make opportunities. And here's how we make opportunities, by giving ourselves over to be available. By just saying, I'm available. You know, I'll, I'll just, just recalling about all of the, the things that God has allowed me to do, you know, one of the, the first things that I did at our at our church in Sydney was that the pastor just needed someone to clean the church on Saturday. It just got beyond just you know a couple of uh, an hour or two with a group. He, there was some specific things that needed to happen, and so he just asked for someone to come along, and I just put my hand up. And I remember I had just gotten my license, and so it was just a perfect opportunity for me, I thought. I could drive, I could just spend the day, and so I would drive to church and uh, I would just clean and you know the, the reward was forty dollars, all right? Forty dollars for cleaning the church, that was my first paid position, all right. So glamorous start. <laughs> We'd clean the toilets, we would I would just scrub the walls ready, I would just make sure that all of the hymn books were in place. I would just dust the 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 speakers, make sure that the cobwebs were were and I just had a little bit of an eye for detail for that. And so we got to do that for, for quite a while. And then what had happened was um, a couple of the key families in our church, there was a bit of a disruption and, and they had left the church. And a lot of them were kids ministry leaders. And suddenly I was I found myself being asked by the pastor again, hey, would you cover this? It was another gap. Now to be Truth be told, I had no desire to work with kids, All right, right? It takes a special type of person to work with kids. And, and I just said, look, there's no one else. If you'd like me to do it, I'll do it. And so I just volunteered. And suddenly, it wasn't just a Saturday all day. It was Sunday all day. We used to have our kids clubs in the, on the Sunday afternoon. And so it was Sunday afternoon. We would just be working with the kids there for a little while. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just, just you know, trying to do the best I could and the kids' ministry started to grow a little bit and, and then another family, they, they just decided, well, I'm going to step away from ministry for a little while for different reasons. They were still in the church, but they were manning the sound booth. And so the pastor goes, hey, we need someone to just work in the sound booth and I had no idea about sound booths, but I just went in there anyway. I just figured how hard can it be? It's just pressing a button, right? No offense, guys. <laughs> Make me sound good, all right? But, but I got to learn a little bit about that. I got to learn, you know, all of the, the, the soundboard and so forth. And back then, it was, there was no, the, the only recording we had, do you know, who remembers cassette tapes, all right? The, all the young people was like, cassette what, you know? And we had, we, we would pop that in and make sure, right, Danny, you'd turn it around on the other side, and make sure that it keeps recording. And um, and you just, you just make sure that that's, and and I got to do that, so I sat at the sound booth. So I know how you feel, guys. Sometimes you get uh, you don't get enough love, but you're just there doing the thing. And then um, coming along, I was involved in music as well. And and then at the end, uh, we had a missionary family who were running our youth ministry while they were trying to get established here. then they started their church out in the uh, the, the western suburbs there, and and. The pastor goes, hey, we need someone to work with youth. Now, again, I had no heart for youth. All right? I, even as a young person, I just didn't hang out with other people my age. I always, ha- I always had friends who were way older than me. Just, that was just me. So I had, no, I had no connection with the teenagers. But, you know, the pastor said, hey, why don't you pray about it? So I prayed about it for a little bit. And the Lord said, hey, you do that. So I did it. And then I got stuck in youth ministry for 11 years. It was full time. I got, I got called to youth ministry in the midst of volunteering for that. But what I'm saying is, I just found a gap and I filled it. I wasn't anyone special. In fact, I had no idea what I was doing, I, I had no qualification prior in my mind. And, and I'm just saying, there had to be a beginning, though. I just took opportunities as they came. And, and this household of Stephanus, they were the first fruits. They, they were right at the beginning. There was nothing. And, and, you know, for many of you, you've never been to church where there was nothing, where there was an empty hall that you had to set up seats. You know, we come, there's air conditioning, there's seats, there's music, there, there's everything set up. There's a ministry market. <laughs> but, but sometimes when... When we look at that, we, we sort of go, well, is there somewhere? Hey, listen, there's opportunities always. Okay, don't miss an opportunity to minister. Just just take, just there has to be a beginning. Take opportunities. Secondly, notice what he says. He says that you submit yourselves unto such, and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. Here's the next thing. If we're going to set a course for service, take opportunities. There has to be a beginning. But there's a, there needs to be a valuing of the ministry of others. He says there that you submit yourselves unto such. He was saying, uh, look at that that example, and, and come under that. That's that's the word submit. Come under that. And there was an attitude that he was trying to help them have of acknowledging those who serve, but more than more than honouring and valuing those who already serve. He was saying there, just have an attitude of acknowledging of their service for the Lord. You know, uh, my uh, my dad always taught me what you honor is what you get. And if we don't honor those who serve and and we have a, a good light and a good mindset of those who are serving whatever capacity they're doing that, what we honor is what we'll get. You know, I want to challenge some of you parents. When was the last time you thanked your child's Sunday school teacher? What was the last time you just sort of said, Hey, um, I wonder if what I can do for the, our kids' workers? Because, you know, I get to sit in church and listen because our, our nursery workers, our kids' workers are, you know, they're busy. They're, they're being a blessing to me. I wonder if we encourage our children to encourage others who have been encouragement to them. You know, I wonder if we have just a, a good, we present those in serving in the church and those serving around us in good light of one another. You know, one thing I, I was glad for my parents was they were never critical of anyone who served in the church. There, there was not a one time where they said, Oh, man, look at the sound booth. Man, that sound booth. Did you hear that feedback? Oh, yeah. You know, they're about to mute me. <laughs> I'm picking on the sound booth today. But, you know, there was never any kind of critical attitude. Why? Because what you honor is what you get. They they were trying to instill in us that anyone who served the Lord in whatever capacity, whether they were singing, preaching, or they were there just in the ushers and greeters ministry, if they were Sunday school teachers, if they were kids club workers, just someone that you notice did something for the Lord in the middle of the Sunday, they were always first to point out and say, hey, did you see that fellow over there? Hey, he turned up early. That's a good thing. And they always highlighted things. And, you know, sometimes we, we don't, um, we, just, we just don't have the mindset of noticing. And, you know, ministry workers, I wonder when did you last support the ministry of others and encourage them? Sometimes, again, we can be a little myopic with our ministry. And all we care about is our ministry. And we stop praying for others. We stop coming up to others and say, hey, man, wonderful job with that. And mean it. I remember working as a... When I was at uni, I was working in workers' compensation insurance, CGU workers' insurance. It was my first real job, you know. And... Um, I was working there. It was, it'd been about 10 months in and it was around Christmas time. and uh, I was working in the underwriting department. so I was really the junior of the juniors. And I remember getting a, a card and it said v- from one of our loyal customers to Hernan and the team. <laughs> <laughs> and man, some of the my supervisor was pretty upset. You know, it just so happened I fielded a lot of their calls that year. And unknown to them, really, they just didn't realize I was the rookie. And there were a few others who had seniority over me. They were very upset that it was my team suddenly. (laughs) But you know what? My, My manager of the whole division, he was really happy because, really, he saw it as a reflection on the whole team. And it was. It was the team that should have been the emphasis there. And, you know, sometimes we can get into the mode where, oh, well, my area wasn't complimented. But listen, a win for them is a win for all. And and, and we ought to compliment that. There, there ought to be a mindset of valuing those serving. And and I hope that at the very least we would go around and recognize the, the different areas of ministry and praise God for them. And, and just, just have a heart of gratitude. You know, I want to... You know, how, how how do we hope to set a course of service with our family when we're critical of those who are already serving God and others? You know, it's it's counterproductive. And really what it is is you're setting an example for your family. You know, he says there that he's glad for the coming of Stephanus, and he names others there. Um, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. It wasn't just that they had a, a A reputation. They didn't live on reputation. They were an active example. You need to set an example to your family. You know, Stephanus had a household who had a pattern of service because he was leading by example. And I want to tell you, ministry and serving God, it's not an area that's, it's really an area that's better caught than taught. Man, you can teach your children all you want about serving God, but if you're not doing it yourself, it's a little hard. And can I encourage you to lead by example, by serving in a ministry yourself, be the first to sign up today. Walk around with your children. I'm going to do the same. We're going to do um, a, a, a tour of the of Southland Baptist Press. We're going to watch all the machinery working and all of that, and we're just going to look around and see what's happening over there. And I'm going to walk around with my kids as best as I can, whilst whilst I'm trying to man the mission stall. And we're just going to walk around, and and then they're going to I'm going to get them to sign up. Yeah, the six-year-old, Jaden, he's going to sign up today. (laughs) And, you know, he might never get to do anything, but his name's there. But we, we ought to lead by example. Spurgeon said this, A man's life is always more forcible than his speech. When men take stock of him, they reckon his deeds as dollars and his words as pennies. If his life and doctrine disagree, the mass of onlookers accept his practice and reject his preaching. But then lastly, and really quickly, you need to see the mutual benefit of service. If we're going to see the, uh, uh, us setting a course for service, we need to see the mutual benefit of service. In verse 18, notice, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore I acknowledge ye them that are such. He said they've refreshed my spirit, that's Paul, and yours. He's saying, you know, they've affected you in a positive way. And the fact is, when we serve, we not only strengthen others, we strengthen ourselves. You know, when the whole body is is active, it, it helps the whole body, right? When when we have unity in ministering, we then are being ministered unto. And, you know, all of us here, I think, if we really think, we've been positively affected by those who serve. You know, again, sometimes we take it for granted, the, the cleanliness of the place or the, you know, just the, the fact that we get to have church on a... There were those who came at 7 o'clock this morning, started to set up. There were those yesterday after the wedding who who set up those marquees and got things ready. Listen, we get to be part of that. We get to enjoy that. Others who thought through and and just organized the day. There's going to be stuff for our kids today. You know, they're going to see the joy and the sense the joy of serving the Lord. Boy, that's what I want as a parent. But you know what? That's, that's a strength to us. As those who've ministered, they, there's a refreshing to us. And, you know, if we get busy doing our part, um, really we won't have time to tear apart. And we ought to do what we can. And so if we're going to set a course for service, then there's got to be a beginning. Take the opportunities. There's got to be a valuing of the ministry of others. And, and we need to set an example in that. And set an example of our life of service ourselves. But then we need to see the mutual benefit. We need to see that as we serve others, then it'll strengthen our families. And then there's going to be a corresponding mutual faith there that just just strengthens the whole body. And so I want to encourage you, you know, maybe you are playing a part already. Keep going. Okay, others are watching. Maybe you don't have children anymore at home, but I'm sure others are watching. Uh, There's families like my own who want to point at someone to say, hey, there's a good example over there. And if you haven't, then then I want to encourage you, there can be a beginning. Just take the opportunity. Walk around. Take your time today. There's no evening service tonight. And so we can be as long as we'd like to be this this day in the afternoon. But I want to encourage you, we're going to dismiss now, but uh, already walk around, see see the stalls. I know some of them are already set up. Then come back 10 o'clock. We're going to have a great time as we worship the Lord together. We're going to open the Word of God again. But again, church, appreciate you attending, being part of the 9 o'clock hour. And uh, let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless as we head out. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the time. And Lord, it's just so good to to know that, Lord, you've called us to a life of, of purpose, of service. Father, we understand, dear God, that all of us here, we have, Lord, different talents and abilities and, and availabilities even. And yet, Lord, in all of that, dear God, I pray that you just help us, Lord, to set a course of service for, for our families. And Father, my... I know your heart, Lord God, is is to see your work passed on to the next generation. And, and whilst we have this generation to serve, there is a, a one to follow, Lord, by your grace. And so help us, Lord, to set that course as a church, as families, as individuals. And I pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen.